Welcome to Canadians with Disabilities and Their Allies. My name is Brent Frey and I'm the host. Today we have a new series that we are, um, well, I'm proud to announce. It's called Disability for Dummies and it's part one. But I've got a special uh, announcement also to make before we commence uh, on the new series here. We have a special guest on Thursday, January the 18th, and that's at 11 o'clock a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and it's Biff Naked. She is joining us on the show. I such a thrill to have her come on the show. And here's a little, here's a little sneak peek for everybody. It might not be coming across very well on the, uh, yeah. I can't really hear it, Brent, but that's okay because I think uh, YouTube would strike us anyway, potentially. Have to get our lighters out. Uh, Biff Naked, and she's going to be joining us on uh, Thursday, January the 18th. Um, it's going to be awesome having uh, Biff uh, join us um, on the show. Biff's going to be talking um, about uh, well, poverty on the uh, welfare food challenge that uh, she participated in oh, years ago. And, uh, you know, the issue on uh, on poverty, it affects anybody at any time. Uh, and, it, and it has in it, and it always will, until the policies change uh, across our beautiful country. And, uh, you know, it can be done. Um, but the Welfare Food Challenge, what happened there was uh, it wasn't enough for people to, um, to basically participate in the program. So Biff had to scrap it. I'm not going to give too much away. That's just a little teaser of um, what uh, what's going to be coming up on that. And uh, just as a uh, you know, program announcement here, um, our new series that we're launching is about uh, disability for dummies, part one. And uh, Neil Neil is the uh, the editor producer. Uh, there's just um, some uh, other things that are going on uh, at his household right now. Uh, so I'm just going to carry on. Um, and I guess Neil will just kind of fill in the blanks here as we go on. Uh, he's got the list uh, there. So 
uh, in the meantime of um, kind of where things are going to be going from on those pointers, like for uh, our part one, as on uh, on factual stuff that's happening, how it affects people's lives, uh, people with disabilities in each province across Canada. And these are all factual things that people go through on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, and again, it's all policy driven. Uh, we need to we need to get rid of we need to uh, erect um, poverty. We need to eliminate poverty completely. Nobody should be living in legislated poverty in Canada. Um, we live in a wealthy nation. We should we take care of our citizens? Absolutely, we should. Yeah, so uh, yeah, um, you know, I'm gonna actually gonna put the uh, mic over um, to. Um, you know, I'm going to start with Dan first and uh, just kind of a, a little debrief on uh, what's what's kind of happening in your community. And then I'll go over to Joseph and uh, and over to Ellen. Uh, Cassandra is going to be joining us actually on the show, too, uh, and probably a little bit later. So here we go. I'm going to pass the mic over to you, Dan. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Uh, my name's Dan. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I'm from here in Toronto, uh, I was formerly homeless, worked at Toronto City Council for five years. Um, I think with regards to uh, everything going on in the world today, it's like we were briefly discussing earlier on today. Um, I think we, we need everybody to just drop their singular narratives and get working together, right? Um, you know, this is a perfect example of it here right now. You know, we have uh, your second producer, Neil, there that's uh, off taking care of an emergency right now. And we're all pulling together to uh, get the information out to the people that matters. So I uh, just encourage everybody to continue to watch in here. Sure, it gets a little goofy sometimes. And we let a little bit of uh, stuff out sometimes that maybe sometimes shouldn't be said. But uh, when push comes to shove, all we all really want is what's best for those in the disability community. Um, I will say to people, just as a brief note, so I'll let on in my introduction here. Um, I told some of you, um, I was in contact with, uh, I'm not going to dime him out, but a party leader this week, or sorry, last week. Um, and uh, there was great discussions that uh, were to be had. And I think going forward, uh, there is, you know, there's that core group of people, whether it's provincially or federally, that need to see this done. I think we we all here have come to the realization that, uh, you know, CDB, STIRB, uh, disability emergency, whatever, universal basic income, all of this is coming down the pipeline of the federal election next year. Uh, so we got to keep chugging forward, uh, listen to all ideas involved, and, and listen to the different aspects. I'm the on-the-grounds guy. Uh, somebody such as Joseph, um, Alan, and a couple of others in the group, MJ and such, they're the numbers people. So listen to the diversified opinions. But their opinions that when combined will come up with the realistic solutions we need to solve our problems. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Dan. You know, I, I love hearing um, other people's viewpoints and other opinions. It's, it's awesome because that's how we learn. We learn from each other on different opinions. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, and one thing I've come to understand in life, it's, it's not always to always agree uh, to everybody on every aspect. It's learning from every little bit of information from everybody and coming to uh, a common ground of uh, getting, just getting along with everybody in general of just saying, hey, like, like this is a, a narrative that we need to put together and unify together and get the message out and send, actually make change happen. Because yeah, if it's always the same, the um, single line going forward, yeah, like nothing's gonna happen. Um, we have to basically, take the bold the horns here and just 
keep on hammering forward. And uh, that's how things are going to change and bringing people on the show and, and, and also as a panel and talking about lived experience stories um, and like disability for dummies. This is, this is going to be a good series because like I said, at the beginning of the show, Dan, yeah, it's all factual stuff. Like, and we, we compiled, Neil and I compiled a whole list together and I got Sonia involved with it too. And uh, we said like, Hey, like, what are some of these topics? And then I, I gave it to Neil and he re-edited it down again and put it out there. No, no, another re-edited again. And we went through and really narrowed it right down. There's other topics too that you know, we can throw into as time goes on. But we felt the most important um, topics are on there. There is a part in there, um, and I'm not sure what um, part of the list it is because Neil's got the list in front of him. Um, there is a part about shelter rates now that can actually be uh, changed for Ontario. And so that's kind of like a topic, but also it can actually be, you know, for Ontario or any other province that has the shelter rate. Now, everybody knows when I talk about that, I, you know, it needs to be gone. I know Cassandra is all over it too, right? It, it just, it's, um, it's a policy-driven situation. And again, policies for people when they're not actually modernized to reflect a person's needs. Um, people well, did, on the rates of housing. Did, did anybody notice that... Um... Quebec, Quebec was actually taking the Netherlands seriously when the ne they had realized that the Netherlands had only almost completely eliminated poverty hmm. uh, already by by using this uh, support housing first and then deal with someone's illnesses rather than try and go, oh, I'm going to put this person in five different support groups and then we'll look at their housing situation. And the Netherlands have got, done the other thing that we're not doing or the other provinces aren't doing, which is like, let's just get this guy in a house. It, it may not be the best house. Is he going to have stainless steel appliances in his kitchen? Probably not. Right. But is he going to have a bed from the get-go? Is he going to be able to open an account? Is he going to be able to pay rent and get whatever supports? And they're, they're dealing with the put a roof over your head first rather than lead someone down a path that might put a roof over their head. And Unfortunately, Alan, the problem with it is, Alan, is that they, they, this, these higher-ups decide that, no, no, it's better if we have a government contract that states that we give them brand new appliances so we don't have any, uh, you know, uh, accountability later that, you know, we gave them a substandard stove because, you know, yeah. we wanted to save a few dollars so they had a fire and all of a sudden now the house is going to be gone, blah, blah, blah. Oh, our insurance companies would rather us buy brand new and we're going to create jobs. So what we're going to do is we're going to put the program together for housing, but we're going to buy the housing. And then three years later, we're going to announce all these little things for appliances and this deal and this deal and this deal. And then all of a sudden, then we're going to tender this, this process. And then would have been, and eventually it's like five fucking years later, the person gets a house because they have to take it in steps because Somebody down the line said, you're going to be accountable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. it. But I mean, it's interesting that Montreal in this report uh, has obviously gone over to the Netherlands and gone, oh, my goodness, we're, 
we're getting the horse and the buggy completely reversed here. They well, they've well, already well, solved. Yeah, they've already but, solved but, it. They can lead the way, though. I mean, they need to show that they can actually lead the way in saying, as an example, saying this is this is what we're going to do for our citizens. We're going to be the number one of the G seven. We're gonna we're gonna really gonna show the the world that yeah, that this can be done. And yeah, I mean, but right now. And having really so much talk. fun, fun friends. Yeah, <laughs> so much. One, fun. one of the things that makes oh, me know. realize is one of the things I realize. The only is, thing that Canada's been able to accomplish is spelling N I M D Y. The one yeah. thing I noticed was that it doesn't matter whether it's housing or environmental or what energy. The only way to get the current government in power especially federally is to do anything is to embarrass the shit out of them on mm -hmm. the, on the public face then then the trudeaus go wait a minute we're doing that next month yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? as soon as they're embarrassed on the public as soon as they're the ones with egg on their face at a g7 meeting or whatever it may be until that happens they yeah. won't do squat. They'll follow the line. They'll kick the can, whatever the cliche is. Yeah. Um, but as soon as, as soon as like the Netherlands or or Germany or whatever embarrasses Canada, that's when you see action. Wow. Well, see, if I can just touch on it for two seconds, there it was actually uh, Finland that was uh, here in Toronto just from my work experience and working there here in Toronto, it was actually Finland. They tried to model their programs after. So they went and studied it all. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it was Brent earlier. It was one of you three, but it was one of you that said that uh, um, it, it's just get the housing over their head type deal. Like get something in place. That was me. That was, uh, it was, it was, and uh, I can attest to you straight up from being a guy that was homeless for 19 years that that is actually the key. That is the start, the beginning yeah. point. Because if you don't put a roof over somebody's head, they have yeah. nowhere to feel comfortable to integrate themselves into this yep. uh, community, whether it be with working people, whether it be with friends, whether it be with family, right? And yep. until you get that settled on there. But the one point that I made to the Toronto City Council about it, and it was point blank and still mm -hmm. stands to this day 10 years later is that why don't we have the folks with the lived experience at the table? For example, housing and homeless issues, you're going to put me at the table. When it comes to basic income, you're not going to put me at the table. You're going to put fucking Joseph there or somebody else at the table, right? Use the lived experience that we have here and yep. implement it and integrate programs and wraparound services that work for the folks um, in fucking Canada. Absolutely. I, I actually made, I made the mistake Dan, you're right. It it was a Finland. It was how it was how Sinki that had basically. I mean, they were showing film footage of of the town of the city of Helsinki, and there was like no ten cities, nothing. It was like there were people in parks playing like chess or whatever, but there were no ten cities at all in Finland. And I I was getting Finland mixed up with uh with the Netherlands, so that's my bad, but I'm, I'm going to pass the back to... <laughs> Ellen, I'm going to pass the mic over uh, to nope. Neil. We're going to uh, we're going to now uh, kind of progress with our uh, disability for dummies yeah. part one. Uh, Brent, Brent, Neil's on the phone, so you might want to oh, go to Joseph for a little comment. Oh, okay. On the oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
Uh, Joseph, yeah, thanks, Dan. Joseph, so uh, we're going to run down some numbers here. What's that guy? What numbers would you like to run down? Uh, well, maybe kind of like a little teaser part of the. Uh... Okay, how's this for disability for dummies? Okay, disability for dummies states that there is four million people in Canada that or are approaching disability status. Okay, this mm -hmm. is. People that are either going to age normally, you know, they're going to grow arthritis, they're going to have, you know, pneumonia, they're going to have some kind of ailment that's going to take them out of the workforce. Okay. Yep. You yep. have a young population that is not necessarily trained for the trades, for, you know, so we as a society in Canada had a very high immigration rate after World War II. Okay. Then okay. came the baby boomers. Right. Now the baby boomers are starting to age down and now we're starting to go through another immigration boom because we need to keep our population up. Right. That's now, right. as our population starts to age more, more and more people are growing to have disabilities. And now as a society, we need to realize that Far more and more people are going to need help with disabilities to stay in the workforce, mm -hmm. or we're not going to have enough of a workforce. Right. right. Hi, Cassandra. I can see you there. There you are. Oh, there. I'm unmuted. <laughs> Hi, Cassandra. And Hi. so basically... The candidate disability benefit that they came up with, the parliamentary budget officer gave three scenarios, and it went from 276,000 Canadians mm -hmm. to 1.371 million Canadians. Wow. Okay, what was this stat It all from? depends. It, this is from the parliamentary budget officer for the candidate disability benefit. Oh, how many oh, people will so be receiving it? 276,000 was the minimum. And the largest scenario was 1.371 million. And that was based either they were going to use the Canada Disability Benefit, Canada Disability Tax Credit, right? So mm -hmm. using the tax credit to make them eligible for the benefit would be 276,000. But if they could self-attest that they're disabled or, you know, that they're on a disability program, like provincially, it would be 1.3 million. Ooh. So, question, 1.3 million out of 3 million on social assistance in all of Canada. Well, uh, you know... Now, now this, is an, this is an open, much bigger eligibility that would include a lot of working Canadians, too. So... If it's 1.3 million out of like four or five or six million, right? That's 20, 25%, which is right about the same average that, mm. you know, we think of people that have disabilities. One in four have a disability or are going to have a disability very soon. So yeah. one in four, folks. Yeah. So Canada Disability Benefit, 276,000 people every single month even if it was 500 bucks helping them, how much money is that? It's a lot of coin.
Um, yeah. Sorry, I'm talking to a puppy. That delay, yeah. uh, that delay yeah. even if it was 500 bucks a month, which it's not going to be, right? It's depends on, you know, what area you live in, how much money you already get, you know, et cetera, et cetera, because it's not yeah. universal. Everywhere is um, country, yeah. So say an average of $500 uh, okay. times 1.371 million people. That's, oh, gee. <laughs> Would you look at that? That's only 685 million a month. Okay, well, that's actually not that bad considering. Yeah. I mean, most got large countries, large economies are, you know, spent, you know, their budgets are tr trillions of dollars, you know, multi trillions of dollars. So I don't think that times that by 12, that's yeah, 8.2 billion. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's unreasonable because it, 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 what it does is, is it, it will enable be people to be more yeah. productive. And I'll give you an yeah. example. I mean, there's a meme going around, but it's it's dead on true. Mm -hmm. And it's based on, on it says some people are too poor to work. And and that's not based on disability. That's just based on you're living in such abject poverty, like mm -hmm. doing being able to cover like a haircut and a decent pair of clothes to or or even transportation mm -hmm. for a job interview you're too poor to do it. So how the how how do you do it? Right? Yeah. And exactly. and 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 so I and so, I've had days, Cassandra, where to go to work cost me forty dollars. Right. Now and, if you gotta if you gotta do that five days a week, you gotta do that for three, four weeks until your first paycheck. Yeah. Your whole paycheck you don't have well, the money to go to work. Well I know and 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 this is where I I you know this is where I got sometimes I, I think, it, I think it's also MJ. the end. Yeah, there's also the end too, Cassandra. That a lot of people, especially the 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 media, don't talk about, and that is when they first get the job, right? That wait for the first paycheck, and when they get the first paycheck, it disqualifies them from certain benefits that actually puts them into a negative into their rent, into their food. Oh, I know, I know. Thing. Well, yeah. and I, but I wanted to say something about they know that's coming up. I wanted to say something about like some of the the criteria you're going on. So I've been, um, I've been included in some consultations through some nonprofit organizations that are, are part like are part of the conduit enabling disabled Canadians to give their input on regulations. And what we're pushing for is everybody that I've heard. Um, whether it's an organ, you know, whether it's an organization that we all like, or it's uh, or or it's individuals, what we've been pushing for is that that for qual, like what are the qualifications? Well, first of all, um, everybody that's on CPP disability, everybody that's on provincial disability, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and should like and anybody with a disability tax credit, they should just automatically qualify. And then for those, those, those disabled Canadians that for whatever reason don't qualify for any of these programs, there should be an application process. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that we've been pushing for is that, so basically that's actually up the numbers. And, and, and I'm going to say that those numbers from here to here are based on just Carla being inept and just throwing numbers out when people ask her tough questions, <laughs> because if you, if, the qualifications that are overwhelmingly being put forward 
is that is that that if you qualify for any of those programs, you should automatically you shouldn't have to requalify to, right. to get the d- disability benefit. It should just be automatic, and that there be a, a, a an easy multi format um, way that's 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 extremely simplified and does not necessarily require technology because some people don't live in areas where they have good technology or good internet. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it be done in, in a way that, that it's just as simple as possible for everybody that needs to apply because they don't qualify for one of these other programs. And, and well, so, I, I, so we've I, actually been thoroughly, thoroughly like, this is what, I mean, and these, these are the people that are going to the, be are discussing from the disability community overwhelmingly this is what every everybody's saying even people we don't agree with are saying this so oh, you know you know cassandra it's like once a, a person is disabled they don't have shouldn't have to qualify for something else because disability doesn't go away um and I know well I, and it's like how disabled are you and it's like yeah who are yeah, you I to know. ask that like you yeah. don't know like That's i like, you know me me and uh, me and Alan could have exactly the same I, diagnosis, yeah, yeah. but it affects us you completely differently in and disabled in ways. Yeah. At, yeah. Yeah. I bet I, you the I, worst customer for a doctor is another doctor who now has a disability and needs a disability form filled out. Oh yeah. <laughs> because yeah. I bet you then they're sitting there going, well, you know, for the last 25 years, I've been sitting there questioning everybody else's disability. But now all of a sudden I'm disqualified and I've done my job for my life. And mm-hmm. I bet you they're sitting there really angry about it now, realizing oh, their own. Well, I, I think that I, I think, you know, it goes to the big, uh, you know, the qualifications we're pushing for are a big part of the reason we never wanted it to be a top up in the first place. We wanted it to be a replacement um, because the patchwork of programs leave it, it essentially it's the patchwork of programs that we already have that are actually leaving to the inequity um and 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 not just financial equity but it leads to all kinds the just the qualifying for all these other programs or lead, lead lead to inequity or maintaining your maintaining your income from these programs require right. i mean all of these things are hugely oh. um you know, pray, you know, they're against our basic human rights. Like they go against what our basic human rights are. And I think the question comes down to is, is, you know, are the, because there is something like part of the problem that Carla was having trouble putting her little head around was that the fact that there is this thing in the constitution on the division of power. So it doesn't say that the provinces are specifically supposed to provide this and it doesn't say that the federal government is specifically either can provide um social benefits like like the ones we get Mm -hmm. um but but all it says is that if the federal government is going to supply a a, a, you know like a a benefit program like income support or whatever that it not that in it not infringe on what the provinces are offering and but 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 if here here's where that becomes challengeable, um, like on a charter level. So this isn't something you'd go to the human rights uh, over, but this is where it comes challengeable because you can say, well, yeah, that's a nice little clause, but when you're talking about disability, hmm. that actually is preventing us from. It's actually denying us all these other charter rights that we are entitled to as persons. 
And so does the, do, does the right of, you know, does the charter rights of the province overwrite the, the charter rights of the individual, especially when the individual, it makes up almost a quarter of the population and, 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 you know, like, is, is that like that, that's the fight that I think we need to find a way to take and we need to find well, a lawyer willing. Well, you know, well, you know, Cassandra is like, you, there's all these programs and, you know, uh, like in place, like you've got EI, GIS, uh, GST. Well, that's the you'd be, right? basic income argument. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, all here and then, then all of a sudden, oh, you become 65. Oh, you don't, now you don't qualify. Um, that's another narrative. Well, that's another thing we're pushing yeah. for, but I was yeah. just, I mean, I was tr more trying to on the qualification. Yeah. Um, I'm end of it but but you're right like 65 like since when like you know i know people just be it doesn't end then <laughs> that have turned 65 and their income has dropped and yeah. you know one of the most tone deaf and and completely yeah. disconnected things carla Caltro ever said was that was that oh well we've got things for seniors and it's like yeah but they're just really? what about but not all seniors are disabled and what about the ones that are like yeah. It costs more for them to live. And you're saying because they're a senior, they don't, their disability doesn't count anymore. Like, yeah, like, like it, 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 it's like, are, I can't wait till she turns 65 and finds out. Like, come on. It won't matter because now she's got her government pension for life. Well, she, she does, right. but there <laughs> are going to be resources that she can't, that, that, that that other people with similar incomes can can access that she, you know that aren't disabled can access that she won't be able to and and it, it you know regardless of if you're poor there it it that is just a reality i mean that is the reality of having that, a disability in canada that's um, what makes it so frustrating when we hear these politicians say oh you we can cover this for this group, we can cover that for that group, and they're yeah. so tone deaf uh, that against each other. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like, like you know the the whole housing thing that I've been fighting on. One of the biggest frustrations, what I've found, is I keep hearing, and I haven't been able to find an actual statistic, but I heard. I mean, there's some credible organizations that I guess have done some research. I I, I I'm still trying to dig into it, but. But 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 when you're talking to like multiple municipal, provincial, federal, all these levels of government and and they're and they're doing their 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 census and their stats and stuff. And they're like calculating like like how many homeless there are. What they're not calculating is the things they're not calculating and, and not finding the statistics on are how many people out on the street are actually disabled and how many of those disabled people that you're finding that are homeless, how many of them are from single family households? We got right. that. We, we know that this many, we know that this, that, that there's a stat on how many, how many single person households are homeless, but mm -hmm. we, and we know that, uh, that an overwhelming portion of, of, homeless people are also disabled but what we don't know is how many of those single person households are just that are homeless or disabled yeah right I, like there's this yeah i'm gonna pass the mic over to neil um i think what we're gonna do is we'll um like this is this is a great conversation we're having here on on these topics um which is awesome uh it's up to neil too um uh, but we'll um We'll extend the uh, the segment into like another day, like so we we can kind of uh, re, re 
not maybe relaunch the uh, dis- the disability for dummies part one, um, unless it's up to Neil. What do you want to do, Neil? Would you want to just do like an well, hour of it and then well, maybe we can do we the- can do an hour of it. I, I mean, yeah, it's, and- a, it's a bit a bit of a cluster, but you yeah. know, but it, uh, for people that don't know, I had a fire alarm happen just before <laughs> we launched, and it was a burst pipe because of all of the. Because BC is not used to the cold. Yeah. (laughs) All this frozen pipe. Thanks, Mother Nature. So I'm living in a mobile home and it was minus 40 and my pipes are fine. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, 40. It was almost minus 48. Like at one point. Way to rub it in. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, but you know what it is? It's part. There's a couple of things is like when we build, when we pipe things in here, we tend to insulate the pipes yeah. for the cold. And we also, when you're in something like a mobile home or something, you run your taps, right? When it yeah. gets below a certain... Cassandra, we got down to minus 21 in Victoria here with the wind chill, and it was actually, temperature was minus 16. I was like, I couldn't believe it. That's why I did the one segment out there. I'm like, sorry. Okay. Even like, my oh, daughter who, <laughs> even my daughter who was raised in Edmonton for her teenager even she is like it's so cold i'm like really i'm like really i said it's like minus 48 with the wind chill and she's like i know but it's cold for me (laughs) we went down to the ocean the one segment i did and the hands were just just like so cold all red and i was just like the wind's just howling and it ripped off the sign right across the road from here. We got a shopper's drug mart. The sign is just all like this, literally buckled right over. And it's still that way. They haven't, I guess. Okay, now sure. multiply that temperature. Now multiply that temperature into the minuses by three yeah. or four. Oh, yeah. Ooh. That was Alberta from oh, my. like, yeah. depending There's on a, where you were. <laughs> power grid. I heard there was that issue with the power grid happening there, too. Oh, well, because some of our, <laughs> so, I mean, and, you know, Danielle Smith is really trying to spin it, but it was just because, it, of course, of all the times, a couple of our gas plants that that power the grid, <laughs> they went down. Oh, and one was oh. under maintenance. Yeah, and yeah, oh so it's not it's not like. And the other thing is, is like somebody somebody tweeted out something today. It was like, oh, did BC Hydro just throw? shade on alberta like oh yeah this yeah. article talking about about how they prepared because they knew the cold was coming and and yeah. and that they're severely reduced because they just don't have as much water but yet they were still able to power other provinces even and and didn't <laughs> go into it and i and and people in alberta were just reading that and just losing it because we're just like yeah uh-huh <laughs> Or, or, or BC supplying Alberta with with power, <laughs> right? And it's and it's like and it's like seriously, we're used to this. Like like yeah. as long as the year that we the, I was living up in uh, uh, at Anchorage up out just outside of Edmonton, and and we were the cold a couple days before I moved to Calgary. We were the coldest place on earth, and it was like minus fifty six. Wow. Ooh. It doesn't happen that often, but every once in a while, like, you know, minus, it usually gets to minus 30 or 40 with the wind chill at least one, you know, at least a couple of days a year. And it's like like even out here, like we, you know, I mean, we get, you know, like an Arctic blast, but nothing like we've had in like several years. Like it's just, it was wham. And then today it was, it was actually what we got to like minus, uh, minus two. I was was out 
I was out today. Got warm. Uh, I had to go. I had to oh, I, I was honestly, it's minus and it 18 was, was, and I, and I went cool. out. I was, I was almost in my shorts, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we we pull out the bar top. like we literally pull out the barbecues here when it gets to about minus fifteen. Oh my gosh! In the winter, yeah, yeah. I know that's Alberta. It's I used to laugh because I was working at Superstore up in Edmonton when I first moved out here, uh, the last time, and and like it would like literally it would warm up to minus ten, and all of a sudden like our our deli section and everybody was grabbing the the meat and the. Like it would just go, we just get swamped because everybody was getting ready to barbecue because it was minus ten. You remember that? You remember that Rick Mercer thing of the Environment Canada plus one. That one, (laughs) yeah. Uh, yeah. Look it up for people that don't know that one. But Rick Mercer, Environment Canada plus one. Look it it up. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. Oh my god! Um, Yeah. But I, I didn't know if we want we we could get started on this and and basically. the reason why uh, we came up with this idea of of disability for dummies, uh, it actually stemmed when we had we had Benita Zrilla on, and mm-hmm. just before she was on, like it was a pre-taped one, but just before just before we taped, uh, I ch- I told her that I had come across an article of the BC government here. Um, They've opened up, um, what do you want to call it? Um, they've just made it more more permissible and more permissible now uh, to say that it's okay to give um, underage kids uh, fentanyl, and and to do it without without parental um, uh, without parental. Uh, if they're already like I. So the program, the way the way your program runs is you have to be. I mean, I'll 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 actually bring up even adults. Article. You have I'll, to have a proven addiction yeah. that you're struggling with. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, under National Post. But yeah, let me let me bring up the uh, I'll bring up the article just so I, okay. I'm not. Uh, let me just pull mm-hmm. it up here. It's quite the but, article. But yeah, anyway, the National. I, I'd be careful of the National Post. They have a way of mischaracterizing. Well, they, I mean. Even if it I mean, they make you say something true, but they miscarried, like they kind of put a spin yeah. on it that's within a certain. So, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it says, in what constitutes as a clear trampling of parental rights, British Columbia recently authorized the provision of safer supply fentanyl to youth across the province, regardless Ooh. if parents, parents are informed of or agree to this measure. Well, I'll tell you, as somebody that worked on the front, you know, that were, well, mostly volunteer on the front lines on the downtown east side of Vancouver. Right. um, A lot of the, a a lot of our clientele were youth and they didn't have parents around or their parents were not safe people to deal with. So, and they weren't in foster. Do you know what I mean? Like, like we had addicted homeless youth and, and, and I'll tell you as, as, as somebody that was a youth that became when I got to the point of where I was in full swing addiction, the cops stopped picking me up and taking me to the kid. So, so, so that's why they're doing it because you have to be regardless of your age, even the adult program and what people and, and people, we have some idiots in Alberta that like to spin this, but if you look up the program and the legislation, which I've done because I'm constantly arguing out here for safe supply, 
Um, mm. What it is, is you actually have to have, in order to get the safe supply, it's not like any random person that wants to do recreational drugs can just go and get safe supply. No, it's people that are in active addiction. And so we know who those people are that are in active addiction. It's not like, it, it's not like that hard and, and you have to get it prescribed. And, and somebody was like, Oh, but they got vending machines and anybody can access them. No, actually. And it hasn't had a lot of, it's been approved, but it hasn't had a lot of up uptake. Um, yeah. And the guy, the doctor that invented them was like, I don't know why I, I kind of know why, but, um, and what it is, is how these vending machines work is you have to have a prescription. And, and the, the other thing is, is BC in, or so BC has a thing. So if you, um, you have to apply for it and you have to prove that you're able to manage it and you're not trying to do anything shady with your, with what you're already getting. Mm -hmm. And you can apply to be one of these people that, that, um, you get your prescription and you take it home to use. Okay, but and I, and 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 but only well, very only one person to date has been has been approved for it one because yeah. it's not just it's not well, that easy to get that and okay. and so the other thing about the vending machines is an order it's not like anybody on the street can access them they use biometrics so it's okay. your own handprint oh and and what happens and it only dispenses a very so it's not like you can put your handprint and get as much drugs as you no you get a specific dosage that it, it that that it administers when you scan your palm print. Well, and, I just wanted to make the point yeah. as well. I mean, uh, Dan said a really good thing a little bit earlier when I wasn't running back and forth. I, I yeah. heard him say that, uh, you know, that we should only be advocating for things that we're knowledgeable of. Like if you're not if you're not knowledgeable about something like you, you don't really deserve to have a, like a a really aggressive opinion necessarily, right? And, and oh, this wait, is hold, hold up before the trolls come after me. That's not what I said. Well, I get what you're saying. I was like, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm. There's a huge caveat here. No, I'm, I'm, par I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, so maybe, maybe you can correct me. Um, yeah. But ba basically, yeah. like, I don't want to, like, I, I'm not the guy to speak up about addiction. I'm just saying yeah. I'm, not, I'm not the guy to speak about, about addiction because I don't know anything about it. That's all I'm saying. And I yeah. think that's what you were saying, Dan, is that if we're not knowledgeable about something, you know, maybe we shouldn't put our mouth, you know. Out. So Well, I'm, and the problem... I'm, I'm going to admit and, that and, for myself. And Cassandra, and Cassandra is hitting on the head. So, for example, you know, a lot what a lot of people don't know is the fentanyl issue. There is a lot, even here in Toronto, it's the same thing. There's a lot of uh, teens and, and youth that are, are the clientele of, of naloxone or whatever else and everything that's going on. It, it, it's the simple thing of that there are too many there are too many underlying issues that have been let go for so long. So I was I probably still am, I guess, but I was an addict. I was homeless 19 years. I was a youth on the streets of Toronto and an adult on the streets of Toronto. And I'm telling you, when it comes to the fact of taking care of the issues, it's the fact that it's been it's been handled as a business for about the past three decades, a total business. Okay. If you go study budgets, it's more about who's being hired, the staff that are being hired, all this money you hear going well, to H ODSP, all this money you hear going to H ODSP and all that shit, 
is all for staffing and such. It doesn't go to the people and it doesn't go to the issues. So we've got to get like all the different aspects of it together and then come up with the solutions that will fix everything at once. Because if we just keep spinning like this, it's just a business. And we're just going to keep being repetitive about shit that doesn't matter 20 years. Well, I know. And the people that are getting up in arms about, and it's like, it's like, it's like your, your teenager that is not on the street is not using drugs. Maybe you sneak a little pot. They're not the ones that are going to be, be getting this, this, this fentanyl or the safe supply. Like they're not, they're just not going to be it's, Uh it's, and in those cases, in those cases, there would be parental rights, but a lot of these kids, they don't have parents that they can, that you can go to to get permission. Well, that, that's that's my my biggest gripe about the whole thing is that there is the well, trampling of yeah, parental here, rights. Here, here's no, it's thing, uh, Neil, it's not it's though. It, in it, uh, it, it can be see like uh, kind of on the same topic, um, like right now, like in parks and beaches and stuff. Um, the BC government had uh, you know, they've been advocating and like pushing exactly what you've been talking about cassandra it's like safe supply and so they're saying but you know we kind of keep it in um like so it's in dosages of where people can access it however now it was talked about is i think they were going into parks and saying uh well hang on here you know uh some of the municipalities i saw yeah i I saw that say okay so i saw the documentary you're talking at that that show that here's the pushback on it though like uh, quickly i'm just going to quickly mention is that now apparently the bc courts have now said that no they can actually do that anywhere they want and the government said well no like hang on we can't do that in parks that's not but then now the court systems now overruled them saying yeah, they can walk down the street. They can, you know, they can they can do whatever they want. Uh, but you can't have an open beer in a public place. But they can go and do the drugs, whatever they want to do. Right? That um, makes sense. Well, I I, yeah. I think, but 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 here here's the thing though. So I as, again, I was one of the people that like twenty. Oh, I was just telling. I was just on a podcast last night, and I was saying like twenty five years ago, I was I was one of the people advocating for safe supply. It, well, we didn't call it safe supply yeah. um, because there wasn't the issue that we're having with the drug toxicity on the street right now. Right. The reason we were advocating for de- decriminalization of small amounts was because we... Uh, I mean, 20, opened- years ago, 20 years ago, too, there wasn't... Uh, I mean, I'm sure fentanyl existed, but not the way it does Yeah, now. well, that, I mean, but not that's done, not... Uh, yeah, but I, I'm so, trying to... So it's gotten wilder. That's yeah. what I'm saying. So yeah. we've got, yeah, no, we've got I know. something that's come up in the last but I, I wanted five, to talk about years. why I yeah. was advocating for it 25 years ago. Yeah, though. absolutely. No, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So the reason I was advocating, and a lot of us were advocating for it 25 years ago, is because what we were finding, so we opened up, what was with, I was on the board and volunteering with Pace Society on the downtown east side. And we opened up uh, an office in Pigeon, just, just a half a block from Pigeon Square, um, called uh, it was the Pace Health Network, and it was for our clientele that were in active addiction. And what we were fought, like, so if somebody comes in and they're dope sick, and you're trying to get them services, and you're trying to get, they can't, they're climbing the walls, they're they're bouncing around, they can't focus on what you're saying. They're they're just they're everything that classically when people say junkie that you that that you picture in your head of what that looks like. Mm-hmm. But if they get a small just a small dose that's that's not enough to get them high, but just enough to take the sickness away and get them even. 
you wouldn't even know they don't have any of those classic things that you think of like classic quirks and twerks that 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 you think of when you think of somebody that's yeah a heroin addict or whatever an opiate addict they just seem like a normal person and what you can then do with them is you can now set them up with housing you can even get them working because they can maintain and they're not in that constant thing of trying of you know of getting rid of the dope sickness and then and then and then as soon as they get rid of it they're back on the hunt to prevent the dope sickness again and then they're also surviving for food and they're surviving for shot. Do you know what I mean? They're in that total. Once you can get them even, then you can, you can get them housing, you can get them working and you can get them to start working on their other life issues while you're waiting to get them into treatment. And so often what happens is, is that, is that people are, um, so, so say, say you've got an addict they're they're on the street, and they come into your agency and they're like, okay, I'm re- today's the day today. I'm ready to get clean. So, so now you got to get them a detox bed. The first thing you got to do is get them a detox bed. So you get them. So you call up the detox and you say, Hey, you got any beds? And they're like, Nope. Uh, mm. Tell them to call back first thing in the morning. Right. So now they got to get up and they got to call as soon as the play, like first thing in the morning. And which in that lifestyle is very difficult to do. Oh. And they manage to, they manage to do that right? Maybe the first day. Yeah. yeah. They, but then they're like, Oh, we don't, we still don't have call back tomorrow. So you oh. call back the second day they, and, and they might have a bed, but most likely they won't. And then they're like, call by the third, if they're getting to the, by the time they're usually getting to the second or third time or, or more that, that they've had to get up and call in the morning. Now they're sliding back into their cycle yeah, of, of, of survival and, sickness and lack do you know what i mean and now they're and now it could be months before they're at that point where they're coming to you again right yeah, and going i'm ready right if they do if but, they but, can but, but, say, but here's another scenario so say you manage to get them in a bed right you get them in the detox bed right and the reason you want to get them in detox because detox is not rehab but in order to get them into rehab you have to detox them right and so you go get them through detox, they get out of detox, and then it's like, okay, where's the where's the government paid for rehab bed? Mm-hmm. Oh, those those are full too. Oh man. Do you know what I mean? And so yeah. it's it's like there's just not enough of these beds, but there's not enough of these beds, and it would be more it, it would be more expensive to try to supply enough beds for every addict. It would be it's simpler to to expand the beds, yes. But also, if you can keep people in that low dose environment with a safe supply and now with a safe supply, you can not only keep them alive, but you can also, like I said, get them in in a stable living situation, help them find work or education and all of this, because now they're maintaining and they're not in that struggle. And so, yeah, I mean, and and that's what people don't understand. And, and Yeah. Here I am back again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but but the reason I'll get back to the point of of mentioning that article, it wasn't necessarily to talk about. And again, like I want to make clear that I'm not one to put myself forward uh, about because I don't know anything about addiction. So it wasn't necessarily that I, I disagreed about addiction. What I was disagreeing more was the was the absence of parental 
<laughs> you know, in, in, input in the whole thing. But yeah. so, so that got me going on the whole, this whole list idea of like, of mm -hmm. like basic truths. And yeah. because, because we know, and the reason why that, the reason why I kind of thought this was a similar thing is because we all know about made that, that right. made, that made was originally a hard thing to apply for. And then, then they made it a lot more easier. And then all of a sudden it's thank, become this, thank you. Thank it's you become this really yeah. slippery, slippery slope. Right. And yeah. So, well, but, but I'll, I'll tell you something and I'll give you a, I mean, I hate it when people call my life experience an antidote, but <laughs> Right. But I'm going to give you an antidote about my life. <laughs> I find it dismissive when people say that to you, but I'm, I'm using it anyway. Um, so, yeah. so for example, I was an addict. I was between the ages of 15 and six, uh, between 15 and 17. I was on the streets. I had a middle class, you know, normally dysfunctional family, like, the normal amount of dysfunction for the average family, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and I, but I was on the street. Like if I had to worry about safe supply, like if, if, if there was the issues they have now, I probably wouldn't be alive. And, and I'll tell you something else. You, I might've wanted to get clean and I was having trouble say, like I was lucky. I wasn't on anything like Karen, but, but I almost, like that almost happened and not, not by my doing, somebody tried to get me addicted right. to, to that. But if it had been, and, yeah. and my, and, and, and the government said, look, we're going to go to my parents and like, we really want to get your daughter off of this drug. Right. Sure. My parents would not have, because they wouldn't have understood it and they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have, and no way you would explain them. I mean, my, my, you know, and they wouldn't have advocated. They wouldn't have been okay with that. And the thing is, is what would have happened Would that, that have got me home. No, would that have helped me? No. Mm -hmm. And, and so parents, I mean, I'm all for parents rights to a certain degree, but parents still aren't always the best, aren't always the best judge of what's best for their child, unfortunately. Well, and, neither and, and are and governments. And that's, not, <laughs> yeah, but the people that are administering it, like people like doctors and social workers that are genuinely living the day-to-day -day of this stuff, mm -hmm. they, 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 they often are, I mean, I've dealt with, I mean, we used to have a lot of youth clientele um, and not necessarily with addiction. And, and some of the, the horrible things that I saw parents do that drove their, their children farther away from them and created, and, and, and it's not because these parents were bad people. Mm -hmm. or that they didn't want the the best for their child they just ha they just didn't understand mm -hmm. and you know their religion or some other ideology drove them in a certain direction and they based it on that and 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 honestly it made our work harder they couldn't understand why their kid and kept ended up back on the street mm. and it's like well, part of it is like, we've been trying to help you and trying to advocate for you and trying to tell you a better way of doing this, but you keep doing exactly the opposite and wondering why you keep getting the same results. Okay. And, and, and so this isn't to criticize, like I know most parents want the best for their children, but that doesn't mean that they have the information, knowledge, or experience 
to be able to do it, but the frontline workers do. So yes, the government's the one that has to, the government and the courts are the ones that have to, to make the, the pass the legislation based on the evidence. And they do it based on frontline workers and other people coming and saying, look, this is why we think this is important to do because we're on the front lines and this is what we're dealing with. And this is why we think, you know, so that's how these court decisions tend to usually get made. I'm not saying that's perfect either. Nothing is perfect, but, but, but guaranteed there was frontline workers that were advocating and it was based on the evidence that they live every day trying to deal with the population. And it's not, like I said, like, like I came from an average, pretty decent middle-class family and that's not why I was on the street, but it wasn't, ha- but, but at the same time, like I, I, there's a, there's a number of factors. My parents did do things that were not in my best interest and actually pushed me father away. I mean, they tried to put me through their own version of a scared straight program and got a lawyer to help them. And a judge basically told them to all get pound sand, thank God. But but so so I can think of examples that my parents were trying to do the best thing for me, but they what the very thing they were doing was actually creating the thing that they wanted to avoid. And 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 that's where people like social workers and people that are trained in medical doctors and psychologists and 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 a team of people that are dealing with youth are sometimes better um able and, and sometimes too when it's your kids there's so much emotion involved. It's like, mm. it's like, it's like, you know, like a doc, like it's like every doctor has his own doctor because, you know, doctors don't operate on their own family members. No. Right. Like well, if you've and, got, and, 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 and right? to add like, to what Cassandra just said, actually, uh, even on top of the frontline workers, what's even more important that I believe here is lived experience. So I give you a very quick example my yep. foray into this type of work, like I was homeless in 1997. So my foray actually into this type of work was in 2016. And the very first person that gave me a listen to or an opportunity, a chance was named Dr. Lee Chapman. And she is the chief nursing officer of Canada. She is mm. a good friend of mine now. Her brother was lost on the streets of Toronto in 2015 to addiction and homelessness. You know, so uh, the fact that we have to have people with the lived experience at the table, like I sit on the family health board uh, team that services the gay village and Moss Park in downtown Toronto. Right. So I concur with what Sandra says about having people with that experience, but the lived experience at the table, because you can't judge a book by its cover. Right. And and like made when it comes to made. I don't know about you all. I personally won't give those motherfuckers the honest the honor of killing me. Exactly. Right. And I agree with you there. Like, I don't agree with the expanding the made for mental health. And but my whole thing about that is based on on one thing. We don't have meant like you cannot determine like the 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 experts trying to advocate for it are saying, well, there's some people are treatment resistant. And and my argument is you don't know that they're treatment resistant because you can't provide them. With the support and services with the with the with the services they need for yeah. as long as yeah. they in in yeah. continuum they have you keep cutting them off and then they have to find another provider yeah. and then they get a few more visits and then have to find another and and they don't have a continuum where you can determine that it, they are so treatment resistant in the first place until you can provide 
And and that's the problem there is they're not providing the care. And that's the so difference the next, between the made in this issue. Yep. You know, that's exactly the time an expert tells you this and tells you that. Yeah. Ask them how many years they were homeless. Ask them how many years they were a fucking addict. Until somebody can answer that and that and that question with a number, they're yep. not the experts in the situation. The people well, that have been I, through it. So, I, hold on. I, the I, people I, that have been through it, such as yourself and myself, mm-hmm. were the experts. The people that are the experts on UBI are Joseph. The yeah, but I'm not a medical expert. Like there's the situation before in their fucking lives that have never spent a minute homeless are not the experts on fucking homelessness. Well, I, and and I agree to a, a certain, like, I think that, that, that what we, especially when we're talking about, because addiction is a medical issue mm-hmm. and, and, and so that you've got two things you've got. Yeah. You've got the experts of lived experience that can tell you overwhelmingly what works and what doesn't, and you can get a lot of them, but you also need that medical expertise as well. And you kind of need like that's why i see when it comes to things like 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 what we're talking about here it's really a team of people that that have to like you need a team of experts that have experts in different areas that that they're the ones that that can collectively give you a best practice model um and and most of the kids like honestly like unless your kids out there and is a street kid that's been going through the foster care system and dealing with all of that, the likeliness of, of, of you having to worry about your parental consent are, you know, they're almost zero because it yeah. has nothing to do with that. It's trying to deal with that population that doesn't have that. And, or, you know, like my parents were not informed enough to deal with what I was going through or to understand you know, and, and so, yeah, I mean, and that's just the way it is. It's not their fault. They were doing the best they could. Um, and, and it's not about that. And, 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 you know, the problem I, I have, the people that are bringing up and trying to stir the pot on this parental rights issue are people like David Parker, her, her out of Alberta, who did this horrific, um, thing about the downtown east side that was completely false and i know because i know people working on the downtown east side today mm-hmm. like i might not be there anymore but i know people that are there and 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 i know it's unequivocally and i did my research um you know like like I, and when i say I did my research i looked at credible sources i i know how to you know like i looked at credible sources i looked at the leg actual legislation and read it you know, like I didn't take it off as some half cocked video on yeah. of somebody's opinion on on Facebook or whatever. I I, I did it by reading the le- legislation and looking at it and and looking at the policies and looking at and actually reading this stuff. And 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 the parental rights argument is being used. So David Parker is this horrific, horrific human being. He is uh, Hitler esque populist kind of personality like um he's a he's a very dangerous man and he's been leading these he's one of the people but there's people like him as well that have been doing it and a lot of them are convoy people um and they're using this parental rights issue to get people worried and get people excited and it's not just on this issue it's also on things like lgbtq 
and oh, okay. whether kids can use pronouns. These are the same the same people driving that narrative on that are the same people that are dr- trying to drive the narrative and and get people up in arms and scared. Yeah, it, it's like on it's, this issue. It's like the um, uh, like a dictatorship. Right there, there it's yeah. po- so populism is you take something that is a genuine con- that might be a genuine concern and you inflame right. it. And you inflame oh, it and you tell right. people all this scary stuff about it. Yeah. And and, mo- and, and yeah, so that they don't. And then you get them all excited yeah. and they're thinking, oh, no, they're going to trample on my rights. And it is yeah. so interesting because I was just watching a documentary on Hitler's. I, I was watching it specifically because I, I talk a lot about Hitler's early years when I'm trying to raise the alarms on some of the stuff I see going on right now. And I wanted to uh, re cursor but one of the things that struck me was it really dug into how he got people to buy into what he was selling and it was by doing exactly things like this like picking issues like safe supply or or like uh, that were and and inflaming Mm -hmm. like giving this inflammatory rhetoric that was full of misinformation but he inflamed he, but because he touched people on that emotional level. Yeah, plays on their emotions and it and it rolls with and, it. And and yeah. and 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 then they and that's how they built their movement. Like mm. like that's how they build these movements. Is they because there's people like you and I that might look at these people initially and going, oh, they're really scary, until they touch on an issue that that you, that concerns you in a way and you might not even recognize it's coming directly from them right away mm-hmm. but by the time you do you might be so they've gotten you so uh, intertwined in, yeah into yeah. it that that yeah. that you start to lose perspective right and you start yeah, or, to go oh, yeah. maybe maybe i or made people, a mistake about that or, guy yeah, or you go oh may or may, maybe they're right you know, because right. maybe cause they, they are and, yeah. and they're they're doing it specifically. But but if you yeah, like I uh, again, I go back to looking I, at the I went to. Uh, yeah, I yeah. went to this church once and I was just my 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 uh, my buddy at the time. His parents were really into this uh, church called the Word of Life Church in Niagara. And it was really heavily evangelistic and stuff. And I was just like, okay, I'm curious. I'm a curious person. I'll just go. But once I realized that their narrative was like, oh, you're disabled. We should see if we can make some phone calls and get you in an equivalent or an institution where someone oh, can yeah, 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 yeah. and stuff oh, like that. I'm like, I'm yeah. like, pardon my my French, but B L O W me. Like, I'm sorry, but you. If you think for one minute I'm going to step in into your church and you're telling me that you're going to control my f- finances and stick me in some group home. Oh, well, uh, they were trying to do that to uh, me, by the way. And I was like, <laughs> I'm the church. This was, back in the, this was back in the 90s. So when I start seeing like these alt-right Christian-based yeah. groups using fear to drive a, a community or a group of People, whether they're LGBTQ or or disabled or whatever, I'm like, you guys are kidding me. That like, I it's one of the reasons I'm I'm probably so agnostic and so Celtic driven as far as my as far as my belief system is because the whole alt right and my sister, and my brother in law, Chris, 
really far right Christian. And my brother in law said something pretty stark stuff to me. I have a cousin. Uh, I in confidence, like he's from. They go to the Harvest Bible, which is a big started on the West Coast. It's a big uh, Christian church, and mm -hmm. they they been during the pandemic. They've been up on charges of you know uh, group uh, group. Uh, they were basically not following the rules on, on how many people they right, could have they... in their church. Anyway, um, and he was saying, you know, like, oh, so how's it going, Alan? And I'm like, oh, I'm good. I'm just uh, just wrapping up at Niagara before I moved to Kingston to my new apartment. He goes, oh, you know, as a as a as a uh, handicapped person, you should really be. In a group home or an institution, and blah blah blah, and that you're taking an apartment that an able bodied person needs, and that you what? shouldn't be looking for work. What? Oh, yeah, like, and I was like, I'm at that point, and, and I'm like, okay, you know, I'm done with you. I'm you're just another reason I'm moving to Kingston. right because able bodied people <laughs> like, are so in need of apartments, like, they're not the people so, most in need of apartments. Like, what do you, and it's like, and and the whole. And it just set in yet another red flag to me on this whole right wing Christian. Well, it's not even right wing system. question. Like, like it, I mean, they use Christian, but I would argue. I mean, yeah, my favorite thing is a vehicle. To, I'll give uh, you an example. So, my I have a cousin who won't talk to me anymore. Won't is not Facebook friends with because when he starts promoting things like Proud Boys or sending off some of these really crazy. I call him out on I, one of it, some of his hateful crap. I, I call him out on it. And he's a pastor in the Lutheran church. Look, got the delay there. It's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. He's a, he's a pastor in the Lutheran church and I, and I call him out on it. Right. And, and he doesn't, and he doesn't like that, but even, and he's an anti-vaxxer, but I'll tell you something. He still held church remotely and obeyed all the rules. Do you know oh. why? Do you know why he did that? Even though he was against it all. Because there's something in the there there's this there there's and I can't remember chapter yeah. and verse but it, it's 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 in the Bible you might even be familiar with it and and disciples ask Jesus well well whose do we follow God's laws or do we follow or or, or do we follow like Caesar's laws yeah give to Caesar what, it, what is Caesar's yeah yeah give give unto God what right. is God's and give unto Caesar yeah. and he was saying no you have to follow both. Mm -hmm. yeah, right so it's like so my cousin didn't agree with it but because the bible said like, at least he's smart enough to, i mean i don't agree with some of his takes on the bible but he understood that part where it says no you got to obey both the laws of man and the laws of god not just it, it it's not a pick and choose thing um and so you know like yeah mm -hmm. I know this. I know this uh, whole episode kind of got der derailed a little derailed. bit be because <laughs> yeah. because of all this this yeah. uh, smoke uh, like alarms going off and everything in this first pipe. But I, I did want to at least get to one question, if we if we if we could, the first question. And and I mean, we spent about an hour getting to getting to the first <laughs> to question. Point. So, yeah. uh, but basically, like the what I was what I was trying to lead to was this whole idea of of government as parent and 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 I mean and you know 
when when I when I mention when I state these when I make these statements, there's we have all fifteen of them at the bottom of each of this video today. And when we when we continue the series, it'll be the, all the fifteen that we're going to go through the for the whole series. Okay. But today like we're today we're just going to do like maybe maybe one of the questions only, and that's it. But at least you can go back to the bottom and see the whole list. And and I just want to let everybody know that uh, this list is is my list with Brent and Sonia too. We all kind of joined heads and we came up with a list. And maybe maybe everybody here is not going to agree with the list, but it's our list. And I just want to say that um, what, for one of the shows, when we do a debrief show, we're going to give the opportunity for people to say, I really didn't like this one on the list. I'd I would rather put this on the list or whatever. Um, so we want to get that feedback, but yeah. basically I want to just say a statement, like a ba basic truth statement of like, this is kind of a simple truth. And yeah. I want to get people's gut reaction to that truth of yes. whether, yeah. of what they think of that, of that true statement, if, if it's bogus or not, just your yeah. gut reaction to what, what I'm going to say. Some of them are, some of them are kind of funny and some yeah. of them are some of them are really vague and open ended, and you're like, why are you being so vague and open ended? Well, that's on it's purpose. Some of them are very serious, yeah. Some of them are very serious. Some of them are very open ended, and some of them yeah. are funny. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so I'm going to start with question or not? It's not really a question. It's a statement. It's a true statement. And and again, this is why we're calling it Disability for Dummies. Is it's a nod to the old, you know, the old book series of uh you know dos for dummies and that kind of thing where it right. was always drilling things down to a very basic simplistic level but then mm -hmm. you you went deeper a little bit too they they had things where they would drill down and go go a little bit deeper but it was oh, always like yeah. it was always a, 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 a at first a very simplistic like basic simple <laughs> statement and it was so this is what i've done we've come up with 15 true statements and I want to get people's reaction to what what they think of these uh, true statements. So the first question is, um, the first statement is drum roll, yeah. Um, so this is a this is a moral compass check, moral compass check. Any claim that vulnerable and disabled are well taken care of is false. So that's that's the statement. So uh, do we have any uh, takers on that first statement? Let's uh, go. <laughs> Moral I'm sure you got all of us on and, that. And, and, and I, I will repeat the question again. Moral compass check. Any claim that vulnerable and disabled are well taken care of is false. Who would like to go first? Uh, Who would like to go first? Flat F. <laughs> I'm going to let Dan go because I can just take over <laughs> and I'll, you'll never get me off. In any other province, I'm not sure. In Ontario, absolutely, man. Absolutely. So they take care they put a roof over your head. They give you an RGI unit if you're fucking lucky. But no wraparound services, nothing else. Ever since the late 1990s with Mike Harris and the government here in Ontario, it done fucked everybody up. They had the rates back then that they should have now. And it just, it, it, it. Oh. so in answer to your question, any other province? I don't know. Ontario? <laughs> Big fat What's happening? Well, no. 
Oh, okay. That, that's good to know, if, Dan. If that was the case, I'll just give you a very quick example. If that was the case, you see how that fat... Sorry, I shouldn't be defaming yeah, anybody. That yeah. lovely premier that we have in Ontario named Doug Ford, if that were the case, every time he says, my friends, folks, my friends, folks, and they all say, oh, yeah, he's helping all his friends. I worked at Deco Labels and Tags over 20 years ago. I would say I would have had to have been labeled a friend back then. I've gotten not one stitch of fucking help. It's anybody that can benefit anybody's pocket or their portfolio. Because as I was told by Stephanie Smythe back in 2013, unless you have a high portfolio, you ain't getting talked to by shit. And if you guys notice, these past couple of years, there's only been, like uh, Cassandra can tell you, because she gets involved with media and stuff too. There's only been a few media here in Toronto that have said anything about this. And the only time they say anything is when their asses are up against the wall and the carrot stick stuck right up there, okay? It's that fucking simple. Part of my language, everybody, but it has to be said. No, it's I, I, I'm with you, Dan. Like, I, I mean, and, and and my answer to your Doug Ford is, is I raise you a Daniel Smith. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I am not going to say anything because my next comment is going to get me. It, it, it'll Cheers. get me Cheers on by the OPT. <laughs> so, I mean, the UCPO, they tend to like, they like to sell ever since Kenny, but Daniel Smith is just hundred times and worse. What's his face? Mo Scott Mo. Oh, no, that's Saskatchewan. He's, the... he's not even no, no, no. Like honestly. Like oh, no, no, he, he likes he likes to now. he likes to he likes to you know he likes to lick her ass, but no, pardon there's, my language. Speaking of, um, of licking ass, there's somebody that's trumping both Daniel Smith and Ford. And it's oh. I, I've been looking into it lately. It's this Blaine Higgs piece of crap out in New Brunswick. Denying, oh god no he's mellow health rights because this is what the show was supposed to be i know he right? oh so trust this, me so this is what i had prepped but the motherfucker denouncing house rights and taking uh, taking away health rights for people that are part of the lgbtq community and trans kids that oh. that like give me a break pal oh. welcome to 2020 oh. fucking four. Oh, just stay tuned oh, wow. because um stay tuned because i i would argue that uh oh, oh. um it's it it's still much worse out here. Um, <laughs> wow! Um, it takes away uh, their right. Oh, that's that's interesting. Well, no, they're trying to do they're trying to do much the same thing out here. It's not. Well, well, we well, um, um, but anyway, I, I I was gonna say about my my Daniel Smith. My I I raised him a Daniel Smith, and I want to say so. Um, the, the UCP government out here, like they they like to tout that. Oh well. You know, disabled in Alberta get a better income than anybody else, right? In Canada, right. in fact, um, the Northwest Territories' income uh, for disability is is slightly higher than ours. Um, truck it in though; they got to truck it in. They got to stop, you know, trucking all the supplies. Well, and it's still not sufficient. Like it's no, not. It um, but but even in Alberta, like like they the the other thing they like to tote is we got a higher median income than other oh. provinces, mm -hmm. and. That is also true, but it, and, and now, and now, as of now, I mean, we were always, Calgary was always marginally behind, like, say, Vancouver in as well uh, as livable income, but, but now we're, now we, it need it takes a greater, and, and our wages, we're the only province where our wages have stagnated right. completely and are almost reversing, and 
yeah, we've got a higher unemployment rate. We've got a lot of things happening in Alberta that are like, there's no more, the old Alberta advantage that a lot of us are used to is gone and Mm -hmm. it's getting worse. And, 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 but even when it wasn't the amount I got, like, like currently they just gave me a cost of living raise and I'm with my, cause I have also have a special diet. Right. Um, so it would be under 2000 a month if I didn't have the special diet because I have the special diet. I'm now making, I'm now getting over 2000, just a few dollars over 2000 a month. And, and I've reduced my rent costs dramatically and I still am having trouble getting through till the end of the month. And, right. and um, I, I, I still have to pay for things. Like I can pay for a few more things, but they're not, they're not like, yeah. They're not fun things. They're just things that I basic, that I needed, basic, basic, basic needs that I was going without that I can now pay for, and I still am not paying for all of them, and I'm still struggling to get through. And that's with going to the food bank. So, so this whole uh, idea that somehow, oh, we get all this money and we're so taken care of, and yeah. then it's like, oh, but they'll give you, a, oh, they'll give you services. Yeah, the services have been cut. Mm-hmm. Um, they become more strict. I've been offered to go recently. I had my home care person was like, oh, well, why don't you go into like uh, independent living or assisted living or whatever? And I'm like, because I'm not there and I'll lose more than I'll gain. Like, like yeah. I get home care coming to yeah. my home. It's not enough. Well, you but, don't have- but, okay. but if I go in that, you're also going to take away my my independence and income. So we're not taken care of. We're not taken care of. Like we we're always behind the ball. Always. We're always behind the ball. We're never getting what we need. Well, you know, you're, it's the autonomy again, right? It's your, your decision of what works good for you, where you want to live. And that's the problem I have with the BC government too. It's saying, well, well, we can, you know, we can give you cheaper housing, put you on a waiting list. I go, right. But what about I want to live in the housing sector I want to live in. I want to live where I want to live, not where they say that they want the disabled person to live. Now, they will pick the community where they want you to live. And if and if you are on a, on a list and you don't take it, well, then I'm sorry. But, you know, there's oh, nothing we same here. Like, like yeah. our, I'm I'm on the list for Calgary housing. It's the same thing. Like if they offer me something and I'm like, I don't want to live in that area or I don't want to live in that building because I know it's run down. Yeah. Um, it's like <laughs> tough luck. You're off the list now and yeah. you have to wait a long time to reapply. And I, say, I just, just, I just wanted to rate. say that that first question too uh, yeah. is inspired by you keep telling, you keep uh, sharing the story, Brent, of uh, like the conversations you had with your mom when, right. when, your, when your mom would say, oh, don't worry, Brent, the, the government will take care of you, right? And you, you would have arguments with her because you'd say, no, no, they're not. They're not going to take care of me. So so that that is the in- inspiration behind that question. But but Neil, um, with, with kind of, um, which I'm not going to dive into because everyone knows, listening to that, Brent will just dive right into this. <laughs> he'll, he'll just yeah. throw it out the bowl, but up to the bowl court here. But I used to have the same argument also with my mom but also with my family doctor, like okay. seriously, him and I would sit there and he would sit, you know, how the doctors, they have that little stool, you know, that little round stool. And I'm thinking, how the hell is this guy sitting here so long? He's not going to fall off the back and he'd be leaning over. And I knew when he was like mad, like very, very, 
people are very tuned into what I'm saying. And one time I went in and he leaned over like this and he says, Brent, I've known you since you were a little, little, tiny, little baby. <laughs> and I know, I know your capabilities. I know what you're good at. I know what you're not good at. I hope but you're not me. Right. But physically, uh, physically, I know like how you're able to react. Um, however, you can't change on who you are. It always stuck in my mind. You can't change who you are. Your personality is who you are. Your disability is who you are. About the mm -hmm. fact let, is. The let me answer your question yeah. while I, I'm at the computer for a second because I'm downstairs dealing with something. Sorry, guys. Um, oh. Okay, can you repeat the question, Neil? The, the question was number one moral compass check, any claim that vulnerable and disabled are well taken care of is false. That's and, just a statement. Yeah. And 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 what, and, and, and that statement and that statement is completely true. Okay. Yeah. There are people right now in Canada that are approaching retirement age that are realizing that their Canada pension plan payments are less than what a disability payment is. Okay, wow. there are people realizing that there are inequities in our system that are so great that it is better off to make yourself disabled than it is to not be in certain cases in certain provinces when you approach a disability or a retirement age, your retirement pension is fucking peanuts compared to what you would on social assistance. And then they go, whoa, 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 wait a second. But social assistance is what's been costing me my whole life, all these taxes. And I've been told that that's what's been robbing me. But then all of a sudden, I'm the one being robbed? Yeah. Yeah. And that's when they realize it's way too low. And that's my comment. Yeah. And, and, and no, that's, that's the truth. That's exactly yeah. it, though. That's exactly it to summarize what I was saying, too, is that, the doctor says, the system will take care of you, Brent. I go, well, my neighbor, my neighbor, it was, is a parent, par, it was, a, uh, was got to a very bad accident and um, had no feelings from neck down. And the same thing I said, but he said, the system won't take care of him. Well, I, I don't know why, because the system is there to take care of you. Well, evidently it didn't. And well, from that point on, I well, knew. I, I Right, because people, I only need, I only need, I only need two baths a week, and my mom, who's eighty-three, she only needs one bath a week. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Do, do you know crazy. what I mean? Like, yeah, because yeah. we're so well taken care of. Like, yeah. somebody needs to, you know, we've we. There's been news things out here. Yeah, like yeah. your home care. Uh, and it's I like think... they cut people less able than me, and it's like. I, I remember when my mom was actually in a uh, in a uh, home. We had put her in a home, and they had started cutting back. You guys cutting back on on uh, ba on bathing. My mom, my mom would go into a plateau state, so uh, which was good, good for me, <laughs> because she had all Alzheimer's and she had Parkinson's, right? So double whammy. But she had gone to a plateau state, and one time they went to go for, you know, give her a, ba a bath, and I guess they didn't know she was in that mode. And she says, I can take care of myself. She says, I'm not invalid. I can take care of myself. She literally got in the shower and, and had a shower, and they're like, whoa, this is amazing. And they told me about it. I'm like, what? They're like, yeah. And they're like, and then she said, how dare you want to cut back on bathing for me? 
that came from my mom and I, I took her out for coffee and everything. She was in that mode. So she told me about it. And I was like, they cutting back on that. And I said, I went up, I go, why are you doing that? Why? Is my mom's life worth less? It's the system. I go, well, then the system is fucked. Part of my language. Yeah. And I don't normally swear on my own show, but I said, there's a problem here. Let's fix it. Well, again, well it's I, simple. Again, like, yeah. Sorry. Any- sorry. I was just going to say it's something that Brent always says all the time is, uh, you know, the government response all the time is there's more to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, yeah. and, and yeah. the problem with that oh, is oh. they've been saying that for the last 30 years. You know, it's I mean, a, a voyage accountability at any to quote, cost. To quote Yoda, well, and that's my debate with Jeff on 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 oh, oh. the poverty line issue is is that it's it's like it's it's it the first of all the measurement of the poverty line does for, not yeah. account for 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 <laughs> it does not account for anybody even if yeah. they aren't disabled yeah. and. Yeah. And it doesn't account, but it, and and the thing is, is this idea that well, we'll ask for crumbs and then we'll work sure, it up yeah. later. It doesn't work that way. We've been doing it that way for decades, and 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 because we're always satisfied with crumbs, it never gets better because we never demand what we actually need. I always look at it as they keep kicking the can down the road, and I, I learned that yeah. one from from an MLA, a BC MLA, and I'm not going to say who it is, but he. <laughs> Uh, but he told me, he says, the problem is that, and he's in this, you know, the system, he knows how it works. And he says, Brent, the problem is they love to keep kicking the can down the road. So they don't have to deal with it right now. And I'm like, but they have to deal with it. He says, well, they asked, they uh, to, but they, let's well, put up our time, let somebody else. Deal I, asked with the it. Jack, I asked the late Jack Layton why nothing has really changed in the last 15, 20 years as far as. I mean, the cost of living, affordability, disability. Oh, he said, you know what, Alan? He said, I hate to tell you this, but there's far too much pov- profit in poverty. Yeah, yeah. He's right. And yeah. that came from Jack Clayton. Oh, there's far too much profit in Take poverty. Take banks. Yeah. And low blocks. So, so it, goes, it goes back to what I said in the fucking beginning, man. It goes back to what I said in the fucking beginning. Yeah, it's all about money. It's all a business, right? Because yep. the reason why I'm going to piss off like this and I'm going to shut my mouth because I'm going to say something that's going to get the OPP to call me. <laughs> but motherfucker, <laughs> man, everybody wants to talk about fucking money or meals or nurse hours or what have you, and that's fine. But bathing fucking human beings, man. Yeah. Come on, man. If I have to go through, my mom is 69 years old in April. If I have to go through this shit, then. Throat punches will be thrown out, okay? But to fucking argue over feeding somebody or yeah. bathing somebody, yeah, are these yeah. people fucking, these people are the ones that need to be in 1001 fucking Queen Street or 10 man. Simple, straight up. Sorry. Yeah. No, I, 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 was, on, I was in that mode. I was shocked. And I had a good um, couple of good choice words that came out of my mouth, and I'm not going to repeat it on here. But you can imagine what I said to them. And, you know, their response was, everyone, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that the system's failing your mom. I go, I'm sorry that you are you, is what I said. <laughs> I said, I'm sorry that you are you. I said, what am I going to do? Pull my mom out and say, hey, I'll go and bathe her. I'll go and tell her that she can go and have a shower herself and take care of herself. Like, what the hell? <laughs> you know, but anyway, there was, yeah. Well, 
not no, imagine. If I, just, I had to ever come to the point where I had to go wash my fucking mother, trust me, I know she listens. I wouldn't, but I'd make sure that she was bathed every fucking day or at least every second day. This is yeah. ludicrous to think that we could even let our people go like right. that. And the fact that after COVID, it's now happening again is fucking retarded. And that's why I want part of my language, but I'm just letting loose, okay? And yeah. I, that's why I want to listen to what Cassandra and Joseph and, and Alan has to say about the numbers, because I'm on the streets guy. I will throw punch you for doing shit like this. But to feel the numbers and get everything hashed out, that's why we need all these people at the table. Well, well that's solution based. Like that's why we need solutions to these these problems that are that are happening in, in society and having, you know, um, well, advocates like ourselves that, that are really bringing the, uh, the awareness to all these inequalities and across Canada. I, I invite so many more to keep joining with us as we uh, continue on. I, well, and it's the healthcare I, too. Like, I mean, when you come down to healthcare, when you're talking about disability, like, like if you th- if they, an average they, person, you know, they go to their family doctor, they get the, the uh, they may or may not ever get a referral to a specialist, um, depending on how healthy they are. But the minute you got disability uh, from just just any kind of disability, including chronic conditions, you're you're you have to visit the doctor more often. You mm-hmm. also have specialists more often. You need more uh-huh. imaging things, and all those things get cut or they're not properly um, forwarded. Like just my spine, like I just got. I just got one MRI done that I waited a year for. And like, oh. basically they're my doctor's like, well, we can try physio, but you might, might need surgery because there's a bulging disc. And that's mm-hmm. not even the one that's causing me the most pain. It's my thoracic spine. And I'm not getting that till June. Oh my and God. I'm like, and I'm like, I might have to have spine. And, and how long is it going to take me to get yeah. spinal surgery? How yeah. long? Lord. Right. Like, don't tell me. And you know what? Honestly, if I could get my thoracic thing taken care of, because I thought it was my neck for the longest night time that was making it difficult for me on the computer, mm-hmm. I could. That's the only thing that's been preventing me from doing a lot of work that I could otherwise do. Is this? It, it aggravates me to sit and type at the computer, and it's all. It's not my neck. It's my thoracic spine that's causing the aggravation. And I don't know what's going on and I won't know until I get that MRI and what the solution is. So, so, so the fact that like, just the under, just, just the underfunding of services like MRIs, just, or, or the privatization, which we got here, I could have had, I could have had an MRI in Alberta ASAP, but I would have had to pay thousands, hundreds or thousands of dollars, depending on what kind of and what level of MRI I'm, I got. I'm going to be all producery and um because yeah. uh shit's hitting the fan fan on the show, which is good. I like to see that, but yeah, shit sitting the fan here over here too. <laughs> and I'm getting a lot bombarded with a whole bunch of crap because of the burst pipe. So we kind of have to wrap up the show, unfortunately. Okay. Um, but we'll do this again uh okay. next, next month. We'll kind of do a reboot. Yeah, yeah, do a reboot. Yeah, on yeah. on on Monday, yeah. but I'm I'm glad we at least got started at least on the first question at least. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, so I know. I'm just thinking of all the ways uh, we're not taking care of like everybody in. Yeah, it's not uh, just the people. Just to close up, like it's not just the people, but I I think about like the average person that has has that's like oh well, but the government provides for that. The government's yeah. got all these programs, don't mm-hmm. they provide? And it's like. No, 
It looks good on paper, but in yeah. practice, it's not it's, happening. Yeah. Well, that's the well, whole what, social narrative, right? Is yeah. uh, hey, what do you, what do you mean my taxes aren't making sure these folks are 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 all taken care of? Wait a minute, how did I become injured? You know, I'm disabled. Oh my God, nothing's well, covered. Well, well, <laughs> I hear, I think, uh, Alan is, you know, when I hear the news, they they talk about. Uh, poverty and how it's affecting seniors and or or people low income. What about what about freaking people with disabilities? Oh, but you know, mm -hmm. seniors. They keep that narrative of seniors. Well, seniors. but look at the stats yeah. on on it. The stats it's on persons with disabilities poverty. below the poverty line, and it's not just persons. It's persons with disabilities and seniors. Yeah, and the seniors yeah. that are below the poverty line. Yeah, what are they most likely to be? Disabled oh. seniors. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. If anybody but, is wondering, by the way, what this—if anybody's wondering what this writing behind me is, okay—that's the twenty-eight points of information that they collect just from a male person during the Mincome Project in the seventies. This oh. was stuff information like the number of jobs they had last week, the oh labor God. force participation last week gross earnings last week were you permanently ill or disabled did you collect tips bonuses and commissions in 1974 there oh was lots of information that they used to gather that when dr forget studied basic income from income the reason why she didn't release her statistics until many years later was because there was many years worth of research to do Mm -hmm. uh, there was a lot of statistics that most people don't realize that our government already has and they already know. Yep. But and there's lots they're not they're not collecting currently. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Of course. And there, there's some that they don't collect on purpose because they've already been sued in the past for doing so or infringing on other people's rights. And so there's but lots of stuff that we as a society would think that they should do, that there's certain things that are illegal now that they used to do. Yeah, but and it's not illegal not to figure out how many, if you can figure out how many, how many people are that are homeless or disabled and how many people, the, 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 you know, how many people yeah. are uh, with one income, uh, one income, our uh, one person households are are yeah, are homeless. I, I don't then you mean can about figure the out objections how, of the one person. Yeah, I don't I'm mean the objections that of the one person, there, Cassandra. I mean that the government sued each other, saying, "I have privacy concerns. I can't tell you this information from this government department because it's going to dissolve the information from another government department that doesn't have your permission." And this is how we got into this place in the first place: is that the okay. governments all fight with each other. Oh, that I they, know that. that they won't disclose is it illegal to make poverty, though? Yeah, well, that, no, that's, it's illegal I, to not offer them a program on poverty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing about the human rights that we don't understand yeah, is that yeah. UN human rights say that they need to offer you the programs, not that they need to make sure you participate in them. Right, just offer that's it. The, and they have to be adequate. Right? They have yeah. to be adequate, yeah. and they even specifically lay out what but adequacy means. they don't say means. how adequate. They do. Exactly. They don't say how adequate. No, they, they do. do. They say that it has to... No, they do. They actually say um, in the UN Convention, it actually outlines um, it, like, like 
safe no 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 what i mean housing. is it doesn't say that you uh, need to have 75% of the property line it doesn't say it, it doesn't say you have to be this percentage says of the poverty you, line or this percentage of your median income. No, it but says what you it, have to offer but you don't, the they don't need exactly. that. They don't need that. What they need to do is just ask yourself, is that person able to afford uh, an accessible, safe, warm, secure place to live and pay for uh, all their utilities and afford Adequate food, adequate, enough food, not just not a, where they're scrounging and having to go to food, but adequate food is enough yeah. to eat every day. And mm-hmm. it says that they have to like it, it when it talks about it's talking about it specifies a, a, an excessive amount of adequacy at every though, level. It, percentages are necessary. The, when you read the language, though, Sandra, it says access to food it doesn't say you must make sure the food goes it's, in their hand it says it has it says they, you have, they to have to offer them the food it actually yeah. even and says that they have to offer it? It? there was just yeah. a court there was even a court case on this we discussed this god a year or two ago but 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 no like um it it they actually even decided a case where it was like no you actually have to offer this person support and the support has to be adequate enough to take care of all their needs. And like, you know, you have to give it to enough to add to, to, to give all their needs. They they've already ruled on it. Standard. And, yeah. And and they've all mm. they've also said that that um they've also said in there that 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 disability like income support like programs for income support like for disability people with disabilities supplying these things should not be part of a welfare program or a welfare right. system yeah. should yeah. not be considered be welfare yeah. it be should be separate. considered a, a an adequate a, 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 an adequate disability income Pension. and that's it it does not have but it should not be considered welfare um, well, and so the fact that we lump our dis in, in, in provinces across Canada, we lump disability in with welfare. It's all it, the same shit all pile. The it's all the same shit pile. And I just yeah. want and I just want to say very quickly in my closing that thank you guys for having this show today. I'm sure we'll get off the right on the right foot next week. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. I apologize to all the viewers and to you guys for the cussing and swearing, but this is fucking real life, man. This is reality. And when it comes to life and death issues. I am not going to fucking change until I'm a hundred years old or dead in the ground. So I thank you guys for all the uh, stuff. And, and oh, I apologize. Like, I, I, I think really, I started it. Well, that's okay. Fuck shit. Damn, no, no. All good, right. But I really hope that your situation works out for you. And going forward, I really look forward to seeing all these loudmouth, great advocates online and all over the place going yeah. for 15 different issues coming yep. in here and defending the rights of persons with disabilities and people in Canada and yep. people that need the help, the hand up, not a hand out. That's right. Exactly. And when with that, um, we'll guess we'll do closing comments. Uh, Dan, thanks on that. Um, yeah, it's always awesome to hear your perspective on things. And yeah, I mean, we, we need to have people with lived experience and things uh, in um, policy driven uh, that affects your life. I want you to come on, come on to the show, join the panel, join, join on our comment section on YouTube. If you want to be a guest, come on to the show. Uh, let's talk. Uh, 
definitely. Um, yeah, and again, talking of- about access to food, we're, we're going to yeah. be having uh, Biff naked on, and she's yes. going to talk. She's going to be talking about. I the, saw that the welfare it's food exciting. challenge. So that'll it's be exciting. really that'll be really exciting. That because Thursday, Thursday, Oh, I want to yeah. hear that. Yeah, Thursday? I love myself today, not like yesterday. I'm cool, calm. I'm going to be okay. Yeah. So that See we're, you, I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah. No, it's going to be it's going to be so cool because she's coming. I can't up. believe you got her. Like that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of back and forth with uh, Eric Alper and I. I, I, I might have annoyed him a little bit, but it was like so much back and forth. Congratulations. Yeah, but it was, though. It was good job. Yeah. And, and, and with that, uh, yeah, I'm going to play a little, uh, little, uh, sound clip, uh, and for Bip Naked, uh, and before we close out, uh, but actually I'll go to Joseph first and Ellen, and then I will play a little clip for our listeners. Uh, this is a little, uh, teaser, uh, for the show coming up on Thursday, January 18th, 11 o'clock AM Pacific standard time. Two o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Maybe five, gonna... maybe five minutes before eleven, and five minutes before yeah. Because yeah. we usually yeah, know five minutes, yeah. She's gonna be on for an hour, so uh, tune in. Hour, yeah. I, um, yeah, I mean, send in all your comments and share share the post on social media on Twitter. I call it Twitter. I don't care what Elon calls it. I call it Twitter. That's what <laughs> Twitter is. That's the name. That's what we know. And it's on Facebook. I've advertised it. Also put on Instagram too. So if you follow me on Instagram. Uh, you're going to see it there. Um, share share the hell out of it. Share, just yeah. keep on posting it out. Yeah. Um, Joseph, I'm going to send over to you and over to you, Alan. And yeah, Cassandra. Well, I guess we've already we've already had our comment. But, with you. but, but we have to do, be fast, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, yeah very Joseph, fast. Because yeah. I, I do have oh, a yeah. bunch of shit happening here. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, go ahead. Yeah. So... So for yeah. my closing comments, I would like to say that Disabilities for Dummies, Part 1, okay, here's a good one for you. Article 28 of the UN Charter says equal access five times for five points for people with disabilities. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's it. That's it. That's all they like to keep saying. Equal access, equal access, equal access. Yeah. But is it really equal? Yeah. Yeah. Good point. That is, that is really good point. Um, as we like, go, as we go along on this journey through the 15 points, you will see uh, that later down the list, we'll touch on things exactly like that. Uh, Joseph. Oh yeah. It'll, we're going to be, we're gonna be, be a fun journey down the list of 15 points. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward yeah. to that. Yeah. Um, It looks like Alan, are you? Yeah. Okay. I thought maybe you were I'm, taking yeah, it out. I'm ready. Um, I'm gonna, I'm not going to be long-winded here, but I think my whole, uh, of course, hey, we're Canadian with disabilities, we dot dot dot, is a great idea, and it really does tie into that plot, to that first statement. Um, are we well cared for? Because the, so- oh. so the society na- narrative is is oh well, people with disabilities are taken care of, but why am I being taxed, or why am I being charged? So, um, if anybody's interested in doing um, one of these, I'm just looking for ten Love seconds. Hey, like anyway, I'll bring it up more next time, yeah. but I'm hoping people will send in one. All you gotta do is put your phone up while you're walking out, going, "Of course, I'm a disabled Canadian. I have issues trying to get." on buses or I had I had mobility issues and 
I just want to take as many of these little clips as I can and feed them into one video and get them out there. So thanks, Neil, for bringing up yeah, today's think, dummy think, statement think, because it ties in really well. Yeah, with, I think it's a that. great idea. I think it's a great idea, Ellen. It, it is. It, yeah. Disability stories. And it's easy to, and everybody's got a phone. All you have to do is hit record and then record yourself walking down this, maybe a sidewalk or whatever. And yeah. I, I want as many out there like as breaking possible. Yeah. And if 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 we hit anyone that's nonverbal, they can get a friend to do it and they can sign language it while yeah. that person's doing it for them. All I needed to say is start with of course I'm disabled, I have to, and then your your blank statement that's your own. Not that and done and, deal. And then then close it, record it, and, and we'll get you an email for it to go to. So mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be a minute long, 10 seconds, 20 yep. seconds, and that's it. Yeah. Yep. Whatever works good for you. If yeah, you no, want, folks, you can you can email your clips to um, stories at derb.ca, and I'll send them to Alan. Oh, great. That's, that's oh, good nice. for you, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe we'll get an okay. email up on the in the description yeah. for the next one. Oh, where, and, where people can... and oh, and, and Neil, um, uh, yes. Joseph said that he can uh, play without uh, audio. Oh, okay, yeah, from from, from uh, before yeah. Uh, yeah. The, before the yeah. launch, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah if, you, if you send me the recording, I can make some teasers for you if you want. Sure, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Can, yeah. I'll, I'll give you five bucks if you take out the cursing. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I just wanted to say too, like I, I didn't, I wasn't able to finish my thought, but uh, you know, when, when the government says, oh, there's more to do. Oh, yes. It, it, it reminds, like, it reminds me of the. Of always going to be more. Yeah. Well, it reminds me of the wisdom of Yoda, right? Like I, mm. I'm a, I'm a big Yoda fan and it's like Yoda, Yoda said it in the movies. He says, uh, he says, do or do not. There is no try. Right. Yeah. <laughs> remember, do do remember when uh when luke skywalker was trying to raise the raise the x x-wing out of the mm -hmm. out, of, out of the lake or whatever and oh, he's well. like, and, and, and luke's like oh well i'll try and then uh yoda's like well you know do or do not there is no try you know and and yeah. uh, you know so when they say there's more to do well just do it don't say there's more to do. You just do it. You've had 30 yeah. years. Cut the ball. Like, well, there's more to do. Oh, yeah. Listen, with all, due with all due respect to Trudeau, done. Like, yeah. I am unbiased voter, but to end it for me, with all due respect to Trudeau, every time he says he recognizes or there's more to do, I mm. think to myself, motherfucker, aren't you 40-something years old and your father was in in 1970-something? Get with the program, everybody, right? Well, he's done things his father wouldn't do, though. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Exactly. I mean, we got to give him that. Like, his father outright refused to do things, and he came along and did them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think uh, his father would be pretty upset on some of the things. <laughs> A couple of I'm them. Yeah, sure, yeah. I think oh, so. Yeah. Too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> his dad would be rolling over in his grave right now, going, The best thing you're known for, son, is legalizing marijuana. That's the best thing you did for this country. <laughs> Because that's the only thing they remember you for. That and high immigration. That's it. That's the only hey, thing. Listen, I don't care about much, but if you touch that marijuana, I'll kick your ass, Joseph. 
<laughs> no, no, no. I didn't say that was a bad thing. I said that's what he's remembered for. Yeah, but, but, you, but you say, well, one, one thing his father would be really upset with him. Justin, come on. You, you promised a Canada disability benefit years ago. Why are you dragging the hell out of this? Well, actually, you know, there was something specifically, and I it, it's escaping me, and maybe next show I can remember, but there was something specifically that here, Elliot Trudeau refused to do, mm. and and in and, and it's something that affects all of us, and and mm. and and Trudeau has actually done it. So, and and but I think I, I I've got a bunch of personal family stuff mm. on the brain, so that I, I'm going to blame it on that. Why it <coughs> why I had it just a second ago, and and it just went. <laughs> Any anyway, uh, yeah, we're we're, we're going to punch out. But I I before we punch out, I just wanted to uh, make a note that MJ is in chat and he 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 wants to join next week, so he will okay. be on next week. And as well, we have uh, Minnie on Cam in chat. Remember, oh. remember Minnie. She says that she wants to be she wants to be on the show next week too. So we'll have okay. two new participants next week. I might be heading out to Vancouver hoover next monday oh next monday let me know let me know and um yeah maybe we can um have a have a, have a tim's we can maybe meet up let me know on yeah. that yeah. okay all right yeah yeah and, and and before we end it i'm gonna end the uh, segment with a little bit of biff naked of uh, a little little clip of the audio of um her coming up uh, on our next show okay and here we go. It doesn't come across very clear, though, unfortunately. It did a minute ago. You Something yeah. about the positioning. You just have to position it differently, and it'll come through. Come back for backwards. Go backwards a bit. That's, that's better, yeah. Go back a bit more. That's better, yeah. It's a little bit in and out. We have more to do. Anyway. I'm just getting into it. The short the short is right. there. We need to get you a new video. Maybe we can get her to sing on the show. That'd be that'd be cool too. We'll see. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> but anyway, we got a bunch uh, of I think we can all agree. I think we can all agree we need to get rent a new microphone. <laughs> yeah. It's on the desk. It's omnidirectional. Yeah. Get one, yeah, get, like, yeah, one yeah, of these. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. Yeah, one of these. Yeah. One of these. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I actually I uh, start looking at uh, I, microphones and put them up on your wish list. Okay. Yeah. I'm, uh, I actually uh, just, uh, I'm allowed to Passport, which is a Canadian program to have to use $3,000 with of electronics, I think it is, out of the $5,000 passport. And one of the things I put on my list was the Zoom H4 and 6 recorded mm. with the bi-directional microphones. Oh, and yeah. I can actually connect uh, up to four XL microphones into it, as well as a computer or a phone. So I was going to say like, quickly, it, yeah. I was going to say something hell of a recorder. quickly before we have to go. Um, yeah. I was just looking on Kijiji for some stuff in 
like the lower mainland for my mom. And now um, my searches from Calgary are show were started showing up. And then I realized, oh, it's showing for your area. But I was seeing like blue Yetis for like, for like 40, 50 bucks. That's good. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Get, your, get yeah. yourself a blue yet yet either, uh, Brent, because they're good. Yeah. I got mine off Kijiji, but yeah. yeah. Uh, market Facebook Marketplace, yeah. There's different models well, for the, the blue uh, yeti. The, the podcast bundle I picked to, to send the link to Passport actually comes with a uh, Rode uh, XL boom mic, which the is, nice looks too, yeah. really big. Yeah, well, there is so, a couple with, boom, with the boom arms and everything that you can attach to yeah. any table. And, um, and, and like one even had a case for anyway, and it was like a blue Yeti, like, like both, um, like the ones Neil yeah. and I have, um, and, and, and they were like 50, 60, but like, honestly, you should look into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Blue Yeti. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. On, on, on Facebook note, marketplace. Uh, and yeah. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Cause I can connect my, recommend glasses for all of us. I can huh? connect my. <laughs> I can connect my camera. What did he right say? Into the... <laughs> We're all wearing glasses. So he yeah. says, I have Tom just going to recommend glasses for all of us. Hey, Neil, is your plate bloody yet? No, mine, uh, I'm, I'm fine now, but there's a whole shitload of other people here that have like lots of water in here. So, oh my gosh, I can just I'm okay, luckily. You don't, you don't need a, uh, you don't need an orator or anything built, eh? No, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I can see it now. So interesting, interesting story real quick. Uh, two, three days before Christmas, seven years ago, I was renting an apartment. I just moved in November 1st. And two days before Christmas, the pipe for the furnace of the hot water furnace that they had in our apartment building burst right underneath my living room floor. And I got evicted two days before Christmas. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And if I didn't know the rental laws back then, I actually only got my first and last month's rent back, and I should have gotten three months rent, four months notice. Yeah. I should have been given time. Instead, yeah. they threw me out within two days with 48 hours notice, and they only gave me my first and last month's rent back. That was it. And well, that cool. happened to me seven years ago. So just point pipes burst affects homeowners just as much as regular people at that rent. And yeah. imagine the people with disabilities when their pipes burst, how much benefits like this can help them to keep the longevity of their homes going for their kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're scared about moving because they can't find anywhere else. It's affordable. So they kind of just go with it uh, with what the landlord says. And <sighs> yeah. 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 It can get pretty messy uh, for sure. That'll be another topic that we can dive into too. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I think we should let tune in next Monday for the reboot yeah. of the and uh, hopefully I'll be here. It depends when I'm yeah. flying out. So okay. Yeah, and time continued. Hopefully Tom I might back. be flying yeah. as you're on air, so I don't know yet. Yeah, and yeah, that'll be on Monday. Oh well, yeah, let me know what time that's gonna be. Um hey, I might have to broadcast live. <laughs> yeah. Because that'll be on Monday. Well, yeah. I'm, I, I, I'm looking forward to getting this Zoom H recorder. It could be live on location at your place, Neil. It could be. Could be. I'm late for work. Thank God I work. Newton. Rootin' Tootin' Newton. Rootin' Tootin' Newton. Just do a Twitter space. Fuck it all. That that, that, (laughs) that, that could work out, Cassandra. If you're coming out Monday, 
I could do a live. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll figure okay. something. It be, depends what time. I don't know. None of that three of us story. sharing one Yeti. Oh, well, one Yeti. <laughs> I don't know how that'll work out. And then we'll, we'll get Sonia to run the show, put the headphones on, and we'll be uh, all... There you go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There it is. Sonia's like, no, no, what are you doing? Anyway, I do have to punch yeah. out, unfortunately. Hey, thanks, everyone, for tuning in today. This is great. Yeah. We'll see you, back. <laughs> see you uh, on Thursday, January the 18th, at 11 o'clock a.m., 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern. Biff. Time for Biff Naked and mm. our next show. Uh, Day before for... my birthday, I'll be there. Yes, yeah. we would watch it. We might be live on location. Well, stay tuned. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Bye, everyone. Yeah.